Welcome to Growing Your Team, a podcast designed for small business owners seeking to grow their company with the help of employees and contractors. Your time is limited, which means growing and leveraging teams is essential for business success. The Growing Your Team podcast is the place to learn tips and techniques designed to help you know when it's the right time to hire, how to select perfect fit team members, and how to maximize productivity while creating a positive work environment. Drawing from her 10 plus years of leadership and hiring experience, here is your host, Jamie Van Kuyk. Hello, Jamie Van Kuyk here, and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today, I have on guest Julie Chopa. Julie is an extra special guest because not only are we going to hear about her business, you're also going to hear about her experience working with me. Yep. Julie was one of my clients at the end of 2020, and she is going to share with you what it was like to go through my hire framework. But before we get into the conversation, let me tell you a little bit more about Julie. Julie is a financial healer at Clarity Finances LLC, where she does bookkeeping for business owners so that they know where the money is going and why. For over 25 years, she has been helping business owners understand the financial position of their companies, how to be more profitable, and how giving is a strategic, integral part of that process. Julie is a Penn State grad with a BS in finance. She has been a QuickBooks expert for over 20 years. She has a vision to take teams of experts around the world to places that are economically challenged. She believes there are locals in these places who already have great ideas that would bring hope and positive economic change, and they are just praying for the resources and expertise. She wants to be a part of the answer to those prayers. So let's jump into the conversation and hear more about Julie's business, how Julie helped me with applying profit first properly to my business, and Julie's success with hiring her amazing assistant for her business. Hi, Julie. Thank you so much for joining me on the Growing Your Team podcast. Hi, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Can you kick us off with telling everybody about you and your business? Okay, uh, Julie Shope, a financial healer at Clarity Finances. Um, I've been saying all kinds of different things. I, I, we help business owners who are bringing the money in. They've got that part down and they're revved up with that, but they're really not sure where it's going. So they are interested in getting more support around that so that they know what their numbers are, what they mean, and how to use them to grow their business. So the base services are bookkeeping services, but with, with a lot more... Um, I keep using the word support. Some people call it coaching, but we go over the numbers. We talk about the numbers. We look at the numbers. And I ask um, just basic questions that a lot of business owners just don't take the time to do because they're busy doing what they do best. So this way we walk through it together and we find ways to save the money um, through multiple different ways that we do that. Uh, and 
I really like talking to business owners about what their, what their business is, how they got started, what their dreams are for it. That's my favorite part of what I do. So basically that's how I, I created my business so that I could talk to business owners and, and like hear their stories and then help them do more. And it's like, oh yeah, I'm good at bookkeeping and you need that. Like it's kind of, it's kind of how it happened. Um, but yeah, I've been doing the bookkeeping. I've been doing bookkeeping in some form for my whole adult life. Um, I believe I usually refer to it as over 25 years because that sounds long enough, but it's been longer. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Julie, I was trying to remember how we originally met. I'm sure it was probably at some local networking thing, but every time I was like, oh, it was probably this. And I'm like, oh, wait, we knew each other before then and before then. So it's, it's been a few years now that I think we've, we've, since we've originally met. I know. I, cause I remember being at Rose B. Gay's thing and I'm like, oh yeah, I know Jamie. Cause she's known you for a long time as well. It was before that. I'm trying, I really think it might be the Pinellas County, like you were one of the people, yeah, I knew you on Facebook to find out about Pinellas County Chamber. I don't know. I honestly like, how did I, but I'm really glad I did. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things that I can't remember, but a great connection that we've had and we kept running it into each other over the, over the years. And yeah. yeah, you mentioned Rose and for anyone who is listening, let me tell you about Rose. So I used to work with Rose back in my corporate days. She was, um, I believe, the VP in the department that I work for. So when you hear me talking about this amazing leadership team that I had the honor of learning from and working with, it Rose was part of that team. And I just want to call that out. She is now uh, self-employed. She's a business coach here in the Tampa Bay area. So she is amazing. And maybe one day I'll get her on the podcast too, to, so we can hear yes. about her expertise because she is an amazing leader that I learned a lot from. And yes, it was... I. Well, it definitely had to be a little bit over a year ago that we ran into each other at Rose's event because it was when we could still go to events in person. It was a mm -hmm. lunchtime event. Yeah. And I know it was right after or shortly after the podcast came out, because that was one of the things that you told me. They're like, you know, congrats on your podcast. I've listened to the episodes and I'm just, just like, yay, people are actually listening. <laughs> like you can see yeah. the, the stats like in the system that people have downloaded episodes, but I'm like, is anyone I know listen actually listening to this? Like, so it was so great for uh, Julie to tell me during that lunch that you know she was listening and really enjoying it so far. Yeah, um, yeah, and the topics are always so on point for business owners, especially you know small businesses. So I'm always sharing them. Uh, you know, like you need to talk to this person. So yes, yeah, Julie is one of my biggest cheerleaders around, but you know. Over the last year, Julie and I have had a bunch of opportunities to work together. And so first I was working with her as part of, she was running a profit first, I guess, group program in a way um, where I, or I guess a book club, I don't know what you called it, but she invited I, me just like, Hey, you know about profit like first, come mm -hmm. and join us. So let's talk about profit first for a little bit. What is it and why do you like it? Well, Profit First is a cash flow system for business owners based on the book Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. And he wrote the book after having, uh, well, he's written a ton of books, actually. And what he writes in Profit First isn't new information, really. It's sort of like taking grandma's envelope system, if you're familiar with that from back in the day, 
where you put the cash in for each thing that you have to, you know, your food and your rent and whatnot. Um, but it's with business accounts and for business owners. So it's like electronic envelopes or buckets. Um, and Mike has, you know, he has his backstory of how he was bringing in all this money, making tons of money and ended up uh, with nothing because he wasn't paying attention to where it was going. He was always focused on the top line instead of looking at the expenses on the bottom line. So during, you know, after realizing this and having to regroup, um, he wrote the book during that, at that point. Um, and then because it started to become really popular and, and business owners were reading the book and doing this themselves and getting great results. I, I mean, there's some stories that I've heard testimonies from people who, uh, when I was at different, back when there was live events, I went to ProfitCon a couple of times. And hearing stories from people that bought companies that were near bankruptcy and to take them from that to being really profitable and just the creative things that they did. So they weren't just, they didn't just set up this new cash flow system and everything magically worked. It's almost like that was a catalyst to really look at the numbers and look at what was going on. And it's like, all right, how can I play this game to have more in this profit account and be able to pay myself enough and be able to like keep my business healthier make my business healthier? How do I do that? Like what things do I need to do? So it's almost like a catalyst to look at stuff and make, and make better choices with how you're going to build your business. Um, right. I would say one of the things that really stood out to me, cause I heard about profit first pretty early in running my business and I didn't read the book yet, but I heard like, okay, there's these buckets, follow these buckets and really just some basic things that I could learn through a quick Google search online or people telling me. Mm -hmm. And so while I wasn't implementing it 100% correctly at that time, I just started implementing it. And one of the things that I loved is it gave me permission to spend money in my business because when I was first starting out and I wasn't making that much money, all I could say was, I can't invest in this because that is because it costs X amount and I can't invest in this because it costs X amount. But by following the profit first system, I could easily say is like, well, this is how much money I should be spending in my business because it's my pretty much my expense bucket. If it fits in that expense bucket and it's something my business needs, if it's something that's going to help advance my business, I should be allowed to spend that money and invest in that thing. And it helped me see that spending money in my business was okay. And then I ended up investing in things that helped me make more money in my business. Yeah, it definitely will do that. Um, that's the other side of the coin. Some people are afraid to spend, especially when you're starting out. Um, and you're not, you know, and then there's a lot of entrepreneurs have that I'll just do it myself mentality. So I guess we'll touch on that later. Yes. <laughs> um, the, the, how that can be hold you back. Um, but it definitely like having that designated, it's like planning for it instead of just haphazardly or, or not, you know, you, you know, you're really looking at your business as a, a bigger picture and what, it's an investment, not just money you're spending. And what am I going to gain in, you know, in the long run with this investment? So that's, that's one of the things that's really helpful. Um, as far as the book, like you can read the book and, and set up the accounts and, and that like, to me, when I read the book, I was like, why I actually did think, why does anyone need to pay for this? Like I can do this, 
But um, when I started to I get more into the profit first community and then started to talk to people that hadn't heard about it and don't have any kind of financial background, they would look at the book and were completely overwhelmed by it. So I realized it's like, well, the reason why it seems easy to you is you've been doing this stuff all your, you know, most of your life. So that's why it's so familiar. Whereas somebody that is super amazingly creative in some completely different arena that never, you know, does any kind of accounting bookkeeping work, it's like a whole nother language. So um, that's when I, I got involved in, and got the profit first certification because I thought, wait, people do need help with this. Because I, when I first heard about it, I'm like, this is awesome. We all need to do this. This is easy. I gave it to all my clients and half of them, when I went back the next time they had already implemented it, you know, to some extent, a lot of them, like partially maybe. Um, and even for myself, one of the things I discovered when I first found out about it, read the book and analyzed my stuff was like, oh, I don't have any profits. The person I hired is taking all my money and now I can't pay myself. Hmm, I need to do something about that. So that was five, that was before I moved to Florida, five years ago. And um, so I, I made changes immediately, but that's what alerted me to it was looking at where my numbers were at. And um, I just found that because there wasn't profits, like, all right, now what do I do? You know, so, so when you're looking at the book and you see these percentages and I'm supposed to take this out and that out and this out, I was like, but it's not there. So um, one of the things that I love is that Mike says, just 1%, just, if you can't do anything yes. else, set up an account and just put 1%, you won't miss 1%, make that automatically yes. go in there and don't look at it. Yes. So I did that for a year and I was like, lo and behold, there was, there was money there at the end of the year. It was like magic. So that was exciting. And that that helped me to really, you know, more fully implement the principles in there. Yeah. So with the profit first method, the really basic, basic version of it is you have four buckets, right? So your four buckets are taxes, profits, expenses, and owner's pay. And I guess profit should technically be the first one I mentioned instead of the second, but, but it pretty much you have those four buckets and it all, and it teaches you how to properly allocate the money in your business. So you have a profit every year that yeah, you're coming that. out yeah. with a profit because isn't that why we run businesses to have a profitable business and it also teaches you that paying taxes in your business is not a bad sign because it means you're actually making money and you're making a profit in your business mm -hmm. so you go and you every every dollar that comes in you split it appropriately with these buckets and as julie mentioned even though there's these idea percentages in each bucket he knows that not everyone reading this book can just go and immediately apply those percentages. So like, as Julie said, start with 1% in your profit bucket, because you're not going to miss 1%. You know, you can do it. And then you can continue to increase that and decrease things from other categories until you get the proper percentages across your business. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it does tell you that in the book, it's just sometimes overwhelming, especially the first time when you look at your situation and you're like, depends whether it's good or bad. I mean, because I, I mean, of course it's different for everybody. Uh, but when you look at it and you're like, it's, you know, devastated by, <laughs> by what you find, you know, type of thing. It's nice to have somebody there to kind of hold your hand and walk you through the process and keep you going. Um, right. which I mean, some people say the importance of having, you know, a pro working with a private first professional is accountability. I, to me, I'm like, I, I think I'm having issues with the word accountability lately. It's like, that sounds like 
no fun at all. I want a cheerleader. I want like support, you know, like I want someone to hold my hand and cheer me along, you know, like encourage me along the way. Right. You know, and right. I mean, I think that a lot of accountability partners or whatever do do that, but I just, the word accountability just sounds, it's like, it doesn't sound fun to me. <laughs> and, but it's, it's so much, whether you want to call it a cheerleader or accountability partner, like mm-hmm. you were that for me when we were going through the book together. So I had previously read the book, but went through the book club and it was a great opportunity because got to meet with other business owners and hear about how they were applying it in their businesses, because we all ran different types of businesses. We are all at different stages in our business. So just to hear from different people. But one of the things Julie did is we, we were meeting over the end of one of the quarters. And what Profit First tells you is every quarter, you're supposed to take a withdrawal from your profit accounts and then do something with it. And in a way, treat yourself with it. So do something fun. It's not just money that you're supposed to then take and put it all towards a credit card. You can put some of that, but part of it, you're supposed to do something fun. So Julie was like asking all of us, what are you going to do with it? And then I think in the next call, what did you do with that money? And it's kind of being like, yes, like cheering us on. You can do something good for yourself. You work hard in your business. And I do have a few questions I want to ask you, but before that, let me just tell one more thing is because working with Julie and going through everything and really applying the profit first and kind of having the additional like motivation to really apply this to my business. I did have a little bit of debt in my business because I made some investments where I was like, if this pays off, I can afford it. And then it didn't pay off. Um, You know, things in hindsight that I probably shouldn't have done, but um, no, I took that risk because that's what sometimes we do in businesses. We take risk, Mm -hmm. but by following the profit first system, I was able to pay off that debt without stressing overly about it. Where before I was stressing about this debt every month. And with the, through the profit first system, I was like, I don't have to stress about that debt. It's being paid off. It's being paid off in the right way for my business. I am not cannibalizing my business anymore in order to pay off this debt because that's where I found myself. I was like restricting my business so much because I had this debt and now I have this debt paid off. I have have been able to reallocate my percentages for the really follow the profit first model. I now in my expenses, Um, have a pretty healthy expense part of my business. I'm paying myself more in my business. I'm already on track. I've already paid myself more in my business this year than I did all of last year. And even though I'm paying myself that, I am now know that I can fully afford the team members. So if you're listening to the episodes and the solo episodes, I'm walking you through the journey I'm taking to find my first employee. And because i I know I can afford that employee because I follow the profit first model and I can see, okay, I have this much in my expense bucket. This is how much my current standard monthly's expenses are, which means then I have this much left over, which I can more than afford the employee that I want. That's great. And that's exactly like, that's a perfect illustration of how to use profit first and and really get some great results. That's so cool. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about why you should use or partner with a bookkeeper to go through this. So I was recently following a Facebook thread where um, someone was asking about like how to know like what percentages and everything uh, to 
put towards expenses and stuff in their business, what to pay themselves. This person had never heard of profit first. So everyone kept saying, follow profit first, read the book. And then there was one person that said, I don't like it because I feel like sometimes you cannot see problems until you're, until they happen in your business. So, but I feel like if you really follow profit first correctly, you should be well aware and plan for problems. So does working with a professional help you avoid problems that might happen in your finances? Oh, I definitely. Um, because when you're working with a financial professional, they haven't just run one business in, you know, they're working with multiple businesses that, you know, and as we've seen things over the years we've seen, and there's, there's certain mistakes that lots of businesses make and we see them all the time. So these, you know, so we're real familiar with that. So it's really easy for us to say, oh, well, you're going to want to structure it this way or that way to avoid this, or have you anticipated this or that, you know, so there's like, we know the things to ask that the business owner may not know. Um, I mean, technically speaking, you can Google and probably find out everything you need to know if you have the time and the inclination to do that. My time, <laughs> like I'm all about hiring experts to support me. I don't want to be the expert at everything. I don't want to have to do everything. So that's for me, the more money I make, the more other people I can hire to do stuff for me. That's kind of exactly. where I'm at. Hire the experts because your time is valuable. Yeah. So, I, you know, I mean, I'm I'm here to do what I'm designed to do. So I, I'm working in that direction. I mean, yes, there's still definitely things I have to do because there isn't someone to do them, uh, you know, or, or I haven't found, you know, you have to temper it. Sometimes you can't afford the expert that you want yet. But uh, my goal is always to like surround myself with experts and pay them well. <laughs> so, right. so that's the way I look at it. Um, yeah, I forget what your original question. Was. Yeah. So with it, like, you know, can using helping, uh, excuse oh. me, let me rephrase that. Working with a professional, like what are the advantages with going through the profit first system? And can it really kind of like debunk what this person said that using the profit first system can lead to financial problems in your system or in your business because you're not aware of things like you have, you're not noticing oh, things. Well, I mean, the only way that I could see that really having it lead you, I mean, the majority of the people probably aren't looking at, you're probably not going to gravitate towards profit first. If you are really skilled at looking at your financial statements, your balance sheet and all of your regular accounting things that a CPA would give you. Um, so it's pretty likely that the people that are going to get in trouble with just doing the profit first system, that is all they're doing is they pick those percentages from reading the book. They may not be the right percentages, but they picked ones that they're going to go with and they're just moving that money. So they're not really looking at what's happening in their business necessarily. They're simply following the money movement system. And that's only a part really of what profit first talks about. There's, there is more to it. You definitely have to have somebody help you with the other numbers. Well, as the business owner, you don't have to, you know, get your QuickBooks up to date. You don't even have to understand the profit and loss all by yourself, but you should have somebody who can explain it to you so that you do understand it. I mean, that's something that I, I have a client that just hired me recently that actually has someone else doing their QuickBooks, but what he gets from that accountant 
doesn't give him the information he needs. He's like, no, I need to know how much money I have coming and going each week. I need my cash flow every week. They don't update it every week. And when I look in this QuickBooks, I don't understand what I'm looking at. I need something else. So we created a document. Well, we're still tweaking it, but it's a cash flow projection document. Compliments of Pam Pryor. We'll give her. But anyway, you know, I didn't create it. I found an expert and pulled that off of, you know, so we're working on that so that he has the information that he needs, but that's what he did. He's like, they're doing what they're supposed to do. This is not enough for me. I want more. You've got to ask and make sure that you have what you need to make the decisions in your business. And you, you grab whoever, how, whatever it takes to find out whether it's, you know, your uncle, who's an accountant that you can talk to honestly, instead of being intimidated, or it's, you know, you hire somebody, but you, right. that's definitely... You've, yeah. you've got to somehow understand your numbers. It's not enough just to switch it in the bank accounts. That right. just, that's yeah. And I feel hard. like that is so important. So it's like, let's just look at the expense bucket for, for a minute. So you might say, well, I have X amount of dollars in the expense account. So I'm good. Cause I follow the profit first system. I have this money in there, but if you're not really watching what's going out, why it's going out and stuff like that, you can end up running to yourself into problems. So that's why working with a professional like you, Julie, could really help because you're, you're looking at all the expenses and noticing trends and noticing things there that it's like, well, you know, maybe you really don't need this. Or did you think about this where you have, uh, a yearly subscription to one of the softwares that you use that's due every March, but because you weren't planning for it, you're now not going to be able to pay for it. Whereas sometimes working with those professionals, they can help you keep on, on, up, excuse me, on track of all those things. So you, your money is healthy, not this, that you just put money in the right account. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot more to it than just looking at that. Um, even knowing what the percentages are and it, you know, it walks you through the calculations in the book. And then I think there's a, I can't remember if the book actually gives you access by itself or whether I got this as a profit first professional, but you know, like the calculation, there's like sheets where we can d- plug in numbers and calculate stuff um, to see what I your, believe your you can download them with the I book. Think I believe it gives it. you yeah. a link. I, I'm almost positive that he makes that available because that would be like Mike Michalowicz to make that stuff available. Right. Because I think um, he tells you like, that's one of the things at the start of the book is you have to know where you are now so you mm-hmm. can create the plan for where you want to be. Yeah, which is, and that's basic information. I mean, he's not inventing this, you know, he is an amazing marketer. He wrapped it up in a great package. And he, I mean, all of his books are just really good, useful information for entrepreneurs, for sure. The stuff that we just never take the time to think about. And he puts it in a really easy to understand way of explaining it. And he's entertaining. I've seen him speak multiple times. He is really an entertaining person. (laughs) So... And he really does care like about it. So he's easy to listen to. Um, his his mission is to eradicate entrepreneurial poverty. Um, that's definitely the profit first mission. That, and that was one of the things I was like, yes, because I know so many entrepreneurs who don't have a profit. They work and work and work and they're not amassing any kind of like wealth or security for themselves. And they're, they're just not, you know, they, they aren't making decisions that could make their, give them more time and more time and more profits and be able to like enjoy life. 
So I want to talk about that real quick with just something that recently came up in a conversation I had with a client. They are hiring and they're hiring for two positions, one adding a new position and two backfilling a position after a team member left. And with that, one of the reasons why the team member left is because the the business owner admitted they were so focused on that profit number and they didn't want to dip into that profit number that they were putting too much work on each one of their employees and kind of saying, we can't hire again until we hit this threshold. And seeing they weren't quite there yet, all that work that technically should belong to another employee, but they're not quite at that full employee yet, was on their current team. And their current team was super stressed out, burnt out, working like much longer hours than they should be, feeling like they're picking up everybody's slack. And finally, one of the team members said, that's it. I'm out. Like there's other jobs available. I don't need to do this. And it made the business owner realize that they were so focused on that profit number that they were hurting their business in the profit in the process. So how do you balance that? Like how do you is with doing things and following the profit first methodology and stuff, like, is there that flexibility to be able to say, I see the need to hire. And I need to hire proactively hire this person so that way they can be start um, so we can train them, get them up to speed, have them start taking over work and continue filling their plate as that more work comes in instead of waiting for all that work to come in and then reactively hire. Well, I mean, no matter no matter what system I'm following, I always make it work for me. Uh, and I, I like I would to not uh, pay attention to the needs of your people. Your people are your most valuable asset. People are more important. You can make more profits. Um, you can't find, finding good people is very difficult. Uh, the other thing is looking at it from the employee's perspective. I don't know if the, what the situation was, but a lot of times the business owner is focused on profits, but those profits don't affect your employees. They're not going to get any of it. Why should they work harder? You know, you have to remember their motivation is different. You know, like just like any like nine to five, if it's nine to five anymore, but you know, people that work nine to five Monday through Friday and work for someone else have a different mentality, different mindset. And then entrepreneurs do. Um, right. We think differently. It's something that I noticed in working places and in talking to an employee, like I'll, maybe I'll get hired by the business owner, but then I'm talking to the employee and you can, you know, so it's, it's very, uh, understandably that's not, you know, they, their priorities are different, which is fine. But as the business owner, if you're only going to focus on the profits and you're not going to pay attention to that, you're working your people too hard, then yeah, that that's, you, you have to look at, at your people as your most important resource, I think, which yeah. I, well, in your, yeah, I would think you're probably in agreement with that. <laughs> I am totally in agreement with you there. Yeah. Like you can't be running your team members into the ground just so you can have this like huge, huge profit. Like you need to figure out what is going on. And it could be even be one of those cases where, and this is another reason to be working with someone like Julie is okay. You want to proactively hire but you don't want to dip into your profit account, what else is going on in your business financially? Do you have other things that maybe you don't need? For example, I know so many businesses that are going through this right now is after working remotely for a year, 
they're still paying for their main offices, their big offices Mm -hmm. that nobody is working out of right now. And they're considering whether they should go back to that office at all or have allow their team to work remotely. So there's probably places where even if you're going to keep an office location, it might not need to be the same location as before. You know, looking at some of those things, like where else is your money going that can be reallocated so you can proactively hire? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, especially now. Yeah. All right. So I want to shift subjects just a little bit. So while I worked with Julie through the Profit First stuff, Julie was also a client of mine. So Julie agreed to come on and share a little bit about her experiences working with me. So Julie, I have a few questions for you. So first, tell everybody about hiring for your business. Because before we worked together, you had hired before, correct? Yes. Okay, so I hired before. Um, basically, I think I put ads out. I mean, I know I put ads, but somebody, I don't even remember getting a direct response to any of my ads, but somebody that saw the ad hanging in a shared office space that I was in, his sister-in-law had just moved to the area and needed a job. So they, you know, we met and she seemed nice. And I was like, okay, so <laughs> I'll hire you. Um, I, when I was looking for somebody part-time, I did not, like, I felt pressure to give her more hours than I could really afford because that was what she needed. I did not review. I definitely, there's, there's things that I wanted her to do that she wasn't the right, uh, the right person in the right seat type of thing. She was really good at certain things and brought a lot to the table that I hadn't thought of. She, she was, she was a perfectly good employee. Like, in fact, I even did, I got her more hours with one of our client, one of my clients when I let, let her go. Um, and they, I think she's her admin now, like they love each other. So it's not like I just tossed her aside and it was a horrible experience, but the hiring process, I was like, that was like, so it was random. I, was, I mean, I could have walked down the street and said, Hey, who wants to come work with me? How can I, what can I do to make that a wonderful experience for you to my detriment is basically like what I ended up doing. Right. Yeah. There's a few things there is like, first you worried more about what they wanted and what they needed and hours and stuff, instead of realizing what do you really need? Mm-hmm. And then with hiring as someone, like I say this all the time, just because someone is great at what they do, doesn't mean they're right for you in your position. So mm-hmm. that seems like that happened. Like amazing worker. You referred her out to someone else. You helped her get that next job. That's a fit, but she just wasn't the right person for you. No. So, yeah, I mean, I don't even know that I had the clarity on what I really needed, which was one of the things, I mean, should I start talking about you working with you? Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) The process, well, first of all, the process was so, it was so great that the call that we had where you asked me a series of questions and somehow figured out from what you asked me, from what I said, what I didn't say, what I really needed. And then you sent me like, this is what you're looking for. I'm like, yes, (laughs) you're right. How did you know? I didn't know, you know, so you put that all together. um, And then the, just all of the support that came with it. Like you, you put together 
all of my interview questions for the telephone interview and for the in-person interview, the answers that I was looking for, you did the ads, you told me where to put them, you, like everything. And I mean, well, my results, of course, this was in, in during COVID, um, or which still, but you know, right here. And uh, so people are, were looking, but um, I mean, I had over a hundred, just, just posting it in, in, in Indeed, I had over a hundred people that wanted to talk to me about this position. I mean, crazy like stuff. So like high quality people that were way overqualified even for it. So I'm like, well, this must be, <laughs> this is cool. You know, so I, but I managed to screen through and I literally found the person that I, well, I, first of all, it was easy to screen through the resumes based on guidance that you gave me in their like super detailed thick packet of information that you get. <laughs> um, and then I also did, like I made myself go through the process because there was one person who was like, I think I'm gonna hire this person. And I remember texting you, I'm like, I think I found the person, but I'm going through the process because I hired you to help me and I'm going to do what I'm told. <laughs> so I did, yes. and that is, but I, Haley is the person I ended up hiring but I did go through the process, but I got it screened down to like, I think I had five or six calls, had it down to three in-person interviews, and then, you know, made the offer to, to Haley based on if the background check was fine. I mean, you connected me with the background check people and everything it was just so, it was so easy. It was almost like, it was like having somebody else set it all up. I mean, you know, and, and then all I had to do was interview people. I had to look right. at resumes and interview, but right. it was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Cause the whole part that I don't know how to like articulate what I really need, you did. And all I had to do was pick. It was great. Yeah. Highly recommend. And, <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. So you weren't the only client of mine that was hiring during this time of COVID where so many people had lost their jobs that all of a sudden they're like flooded with a hundred plus people applying to the job. And and like you're the, the second person has mentioned, like it was so easy to go through those resumes. Like, yes, it took time. You had to screen a lot, but you knew exactly what you were looking for. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just imagine, or what do you think it would have been like if you got a hundred plus applications and you didn't have that? You probably would may put a words in your mouth, but I would assume looked at them and been like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, probably I'm like ugh, kind of like looking at this. It's making me nauseous. You know, like I like I would have been like I've had enough. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, exactly. But having yeah. this, it's like here's what you're looking for. Um, and I also like because there were so many. I did not. I stopped. I tried to get back to everybody, but then I stopped. I was just like, look. Well, first of all, it says on there you need to be in the Tampa area. If you're not Tampa, del you know, delete, delete. Yeah. Uh, there was a couple people though that had, they were like grad, grad students look, and, and I mean, this was a part-time job and not, there's no way. I mean, the one person was, had such great stuff on there that I was like, well, if I had a different company and a different job to offer you, I would love to hire you. I actually called her anyway, just to ask him like, why, you know, why are you even applying for this job? We had a lovely conversation. She, she had just finished like school and was, she's like, there's just nothing out there. I said, you know what? hold on for a few more months. I see, cause you're really qualified and you're going to be a blessing to somebody. So she she's like, thank you so much. I don't know. It's just nice. Like, I was like, oh, having a nice little extra conversation. In there. <laughs> but it was like, there's a lot of like quality people out there. And that was encouraging just to even learn that in the midst of everything. 
Yeah. I'll admit for my side, every once in a while, there'll be a resume of a candidate that just strikes me. And I know I tell everyone, take emotions out of the process. Like, you know, I give the list of things to go through. So when I'm doing recruiting on behalf of my clients, I have that same list of like, these are the things I'm looking for in the checklist. But every once in a while, there's a resume where I'm just like, I feel the need to talk to this person. Mm -hmm. And I know going into that conversation that unless things change, this person isn't getting to that next level, but something about it where I'm like, I really want to talk to this person because this person seems amazing. And I want, and like, maybe I'll know of another opportunity for them Mm -hmm. once I have that conversation. So, you know, every once in a while, if you have the time, you can afford to have those additional conversations, but you knew going into that conversation that this person wasn't right for your position. Like they were one of the things like, you know, I want someone that's the thing. I wanted somebody that's going to stay. I wanted somebody that's going to be dedicated to just me and not starting their own business type of thing. So that's why having somebody that really values working part-time from home gets set, you know, with flexibility so that they can be there for the children type of thing. Uh, that was like a good fit. So, yeah. yeah. And that is like one thing that I remember of the questions that Uh, I developed for you is one of the things that was very important to you was you have this mission-focused business. You want people that are giving back and like that charity aspect of things. And they realize Mm -hmm. that world and business and everything is more than them. And one of the things that uh, going back to when you introduced your business is you like helping people create these businesses where they can do more with their businesses and kind of make an impact with their business mm-hmm. outside of just the things that they like their products and services. And so that was really important for you to get somebody that had this mission driven heart in a way. So it was mm-hmm. like, that was a real interesting and fun challenge for me. It's like, how do we develop questions? It isn't like, well, tell me how you give back. Like, tell me what charities you support. Tell me this where it's like, or do you like giving back? And it's like, you know, we were able to come up with some questions that were, that really, I think had the goal of finding out, are they a mission-driven person without directly asking? Yeah. Which I, I don't know. I wouldn't have been able to come up with those myself. So Yeah, it's it's fun. I always love it. Like, you know, a lot of clients are the same as you where they're like, I have, they have a clue of what they want, but they're going through everything. They're like, I have no idea how to put this together. Like, what does this Mm -hmm. really mean? And I tell clients all the time when we're going through those questions, because that's how we start the process is we have to really figure out these hiring details. If we don't know who we're hiring, really the details about that position, we're never going to find the right person because- either we're not going to be able to identify them when they're standing right in front of us, or we're not going to be able to attract them to us because they're going to look at that job posting and be like, yeah, no, not for me. And Mm -hmm. so I tell people when we're going through those questions is, all right, some of these questions are going to sound like I'm asking you the same thing over and over again, but it's on purpose because I want to hear what's really important. So if you tell me three different times or three different questions that someone needs to be detail-oriented, then I know that's very, very important. Mm-hmm. If you tell me once, and it's kind of one of those things you mentioned it on go on, it's going to be like, yeah, that's probably not as important for some positions. Uh, and there's things in there. Like, it's like, what didn't you say? What am I hearing between the words? Like, that's mm-hmm. why it's like, I know some people not necessarily like that for hiring, but for other things, they'll, they'll send you questionnaires and they want you to fill them out. And I'm like, nope, I'm going to ask you the questions because I want to 
hear what you're saying. I want to see your reaction when I ask you certain questions or when you tell me certain things, because that's going to tell me a lot more than just getting your written typed up answers that you probably spent way too much time thinking about. And I just want to get your gut reactions. Like, I think I told you, it's like ramble if you want, you know, I would rather have you ramble than try to give me these precise answers. Well, plus when I'm trying to fill out a form that I'm thinking too much and Mm -hmm. I'm trying to like, what's the right answer? What should I want? You know, and I start to overanalyze. Whereas for me, just having the conversation it's like, it, it, you are able to extract a gut reaction or, you know, it's like, yeah. so that made it much more helpful. Well, plus then it's just like, all right, that's on the schedule. It's not like, oh, I have to put all this prep work, <laughs> just show up and she'll ask me questions. Yeah. And I know from, from working with some of the clients and everything, that's so important is just having it on the schedule because when you're hiring, typically because it's your, you're lacking time. So Mm -hmm. it's so easy to put these tasks off and, you know, to not put in the proper research. Cause as Julie mentions with the package that she got, I gave her the places to go post the job. She didn't need to go research where to post the job. I think I, I believe I told you what, um, either, excuse me, I told you what the title should be when you go post it or what the estimated pay should be. You know, she had a rough budget, but being able to go do research to say, yes, you're in the right ballpark here. Or for Mm -hmm. clients who haven't done that research yet to go and say, here's what you should be paying this position. It's the amount of time that can go into creating what you need for hiring is a lot of times what people don't have in their business because they're lacking time. And the fact that you said you had it on your schedule, you knew you had to show up, you gave an hour of your time, and then you were given everything that you needed to move forward. Yeah, it was a huge, like totally worth it. I mean, because that would have taken me, first of all, I don't believe I could have done it successfully anyway, but, but it would have definitely taken me to try way, way, way more time. And then I would have been proud, by the end of it, I would have been, probably miserable. So, you know, like, it's not not worth it. Yeah. But instead of being miserable, you have Haley and how are you feeling now? I it's, it's great. You know, I mean, there's still, um, you know, we're still transitioning some things and all, but it's working out really nicely. And I, it's so nice to have someone else in this with me, Yeah, you know, which is one of the things I was looking for. Yeah. And let's talk about that, that transition a little bit, because we then had another conversation where you're like, all right, I'm having a hard time delegating. Let's create a plan. And mm-hmm. that is something that can happen a lot is, you know, you need to get this stuff off your plate, but you have a hard time letting go. So having that transition and kind of like a training plan kind of outline things of how do you go from A to Z without feeling like Z needs to be your first step. And, you know, we, we talk through a lot of things yeah. to say, what do you want to get, get off? What training is going to go behind this? What training wheels do we need to put on the process? So you feel comfortable and she feels comfortable learning it. Yes. And that was really helpful too. Um, because I wasn't sure, like I knew that I needed to, you know, it was always my goal to pass a whole bunch of the bookkeeping work. And I still, there was ones that I wasn't, I'm like, why am I not? I need to do this, but I'm not sure how to make sure that it's done, you know, success in a way that I'm going to be comfortable with. And that was something that we created that process 
with the call with you, and, you know, basically yeah. you probably created the process, but <laughs> while I was like, yeah, that'll work. That makes sense. But I mean, you know, it's, it just helps to have somebody who's, you do this. I mean, you've done this. It's not like for me, I'm like, how do I do this? I haven't done this before. I've worked alone, even in companies where there's other people there. Somehow I usually am the one that ends up working by themselves and is given like the complex projects that no one else can seem to do. And then they just leave me alone. Just, we'll just leave her in the corner. We won't bug her. She'll get it done and then we'll be good. You know, like that seems to be my role. Um, so to actually build a team on my own, um, I haven't done that in when I've had a choice. I've done some teamwork stuff in the uh, volunteer arena where it's someone else comes up with a goal, volunteers come like, so I don't get to pick. I just have to make it work, which I'm good at that. Right. The whole idea of sitting and trying to optimize it and figure out how to make it work for me, that, that was just like so helpful to have you there with that, you know, and, and create that process. Well, thank you, Julie. It was a pleasure working with you both, you know, working with you through the profit first information, really learning all about that. And then it was such a pleasure having you as a client. And thank you so much for coming on and sharing both about your knowledge and your experience. Well, thank you for having me. And it's always a pleasure referring you too, because I'm always running into people, I, I, you know, working with growing businesses, there's always that point where they need additional staffing team team members whether they're you know whatever team members they would be um yeah so yeah um, it's well, great to you. have you as a resource yeah so before we wrap up today tell everybody how they can get in touch with you um uh, let's see the, my email is julie at clarityfinances.com at the website clarityfinances.com if you want to schedule a free call to find out you know whatever questions you have you know you can get that free free call and ask your questions on how can I optimize my profits or how can, you know, what do I need to do in my business? Um, and we'll see, if, you know, if I, if I can help, uh, usually if it's not in my area of expertise, I know someone who, who it is. So one way or another, you get help. Um, and let's see, those are the two main places. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm on Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Instagram. I'm out there. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be sure to include all the links in the full show notes on growingyourteam.com. All right, so the last question today that I love to ask all my guests. We've all had leaders or managers that have stood out to us. Think of the most impactful leader or manager that you have had, and can you share with us what made them stand out as a great leader to you? Well, when I think about the fact that I have my own business and, it, it, you know, starting uh, the CPA firm that I worked at, so it will be, be Larry Malo is the owner of the CPA firm uh, that still exists in Westchester, Pennsylvania today. Um, he was going to retire back before I left, but he never did. He's still there plugging away um, with, with other staff members. He, that is where um, I became a QuickBooks expert. That's where I learned how to do business tax returns. I was given a lot of stuff that, like I said, I, I'm the one that ends up with the projects. It's like, here's what we have from the client. I mean, I remember asking him one time, I said, but I need this and I need this. What, how am I supposed to put this, the, these financials together? And he said, this is all we have. Do your best representation of what you think happened. I was like, okay. 
And so that's where I learned how to do that and start to get good at doing that. Um, so one of the things that I always appreciated about him is I, I, when I worked there, the whole time I worked there I was raising my kids working part-time. So the flexibility that he offered, at, so he was very supportive and family oriented and I like that in a culture. Um, he also would always, always hiring interns from Westchester University to uh, during tax season because he liked to build into others and to mentor people. So he was really, that was a, really a great place for me to work, especially right. And then of course I was going to multiple small businesses. So it was like the perfect experience for having my own business and doing the same thing. And that's where I learned what I really, really like to do is that piece. And I don't, I don't do taxes. I don't like that part. I have experts for that as well. <laughs> right. Well, thank you so much, Julie, for sharing that and for being a guest here on the Growing Your Team podcast. Well, thank you. Are you ready to hire a new team member for your business and you want to ensure you hire the person who can succeed in the role, make you happy, and positively impact your bottom line, then set up time and let's talk. Because this is exactly how I help business owners like you. When you go through my hire framework, not only will you learn how to attract candidates who have the passion you desire, but you'll be able to identify and select candidates who have the skills you need and can succeed in the role. Going through this consulting process not only helps you find the right new hire for your current open position, but it teaches you how to repeat this process with every new position you add to your company as it continues to grow. So if you're a small business owner who is ready to hire, has a rough idea of the position you need to add, and you're tired of going through the hiring process only to end up with bad fitting team members, then let's talk. Send me an email at jamie at growingyourteam.com. That's jamie, J-A-M-I-E, at growingyourteam.com. Or head on over to growingyourteam.com slash jumpstart and let's talk about your hiring needs. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Growing Your Team with your host, Jamie Van Kite. Be sure to subscribe and head on over to growingyourteam.com to connect, access the show notes, and discover more ways to hire and leverage your perfect fit team.